0: Welcome to BAFTA's Heritage Podcast, featuring monthly conversations on films, TV programs and games recognized by the Academy since 1947. Find out more about how BAFTA has been celebrating and inspiring creative excellence at BAFTA.org forward slash heritage. Thank you ever so much. Um, really appreciate you you being here and sticking around to, to have a quick chat. Um, I'd like you to give a very, very, very warm welcome to Dion, the producer, Marcus, and Curtis. Oh, hello. Comfy, happy. Yes, we're we'll good. Cool. Oh, okay. So first of all, I suppose I just wanted to take a minute to. Um, commend you. I think it's such a considered, important, emotional watch. Um, and you know how sometimes these things can feel very uh, depressing and very harrowing. There's certain elements that, that definitely exist, but there's also lots of laughter and there's, there's such warmth. Um, it was awesome. I think it's such a brilliant, brilliant documentary, and clearly other people feel the same because it was nominated. For a BAFTA, Outstanding Debut, Dion, tell me first why you were so drawn to to this story. Why you felt like it was necessary for this to be told?
1: Um, it was important to, I suppose, get behind the, the headlines. And so George met Marcus and Curtis. And George and is the director. The director, and um, and so when he start showed me footage, and and I saw the footage and what it was you know how it spoke to me mm-hmm. i decided to get on board um, i mean it's 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 it, it, there's that the, the mainstream media version of things mm-hmm. and there's the idea of you know reporters going in day 1 day 2 day 3 and um, nothing um, being produced for the kind of the year later and how it affects the family and the inquest case going on, and so I got on board to get involved in ensuring in, in that observational film.
0: And and how many years in total?
1: Over eighteen months, George. It's a long
0: time. So, so Curtis Marcus, tell me about when when George and Dion presented this idea to you, because it's fair to say in certain circumstances you were quite disillusioned with outsiders, maybe. So how did you think? Actually, you know what? Let's let's give this a go.
2: Let us tell our story. Um, Well, initially, me and Curtis wanted to do something regarding, obviously, the riots and kind of getting something out there that kind of shed some light on who Mark was as a person. Um, Curtis's mother was at a function in North London one night and I think she was with another lady named Yana. And um, George was at this party the director and he was saying that he wanted to meet some of the people that, that was involved in the riots and then obviously through Curtis's mum and this lady named Yana, kind of made the link. Mm-hmm. So we met up with George, sat down and obviously spoke. I said I wanted to do a movie, yeah. like, off the riots. But he said obviously he specialises in observational documentaries and just kind of just asked me to just tell him about what happened in 2011. So I started to tell him, and he, just, and he just goes, well, boy, you know what we have a story here, why don't we start shooting what you're telling me? So I didn't really understand it. But he come and met me in um, the Bell hostel that I was staying in, and just started filming. Well, come the, fo- come the following days, it's like he kept filming, filming, but I started to get frustrated, because I didn't really understand what he was trying to do. Because yeah. he kept filming me and him and asking questions to me and Curtis, what I'm saying now, like, this is not about us. You understand, it's about Mark, yeah. you get what I'm saying? So, um, like over a period of time, I think when I went away and I came out, like, he showed me like a rough cut version of the film and then obviously like I saw what he was doing. Yeah. And that's hard, isn't it?
0: Like, you know, I've been a contributor myself. It's hard to place your trust in in a stranger, a essentially. Yeah, of
2: course, it was hard.
0: But, but you can see, you know, throughout the film, you're so transparent, you're so honest, you're so raw. So that relationship that you built with George and and Dion must have been um, very precious.
2: Yeah, I mean, it it took some time. George obviously proved himself, he stuck around. Because obviously when I went away, he was there obviously for me as well when I was inside. And um, I mean, there was times before I went to prison where I would itch my head and ask him, you get me, like, are you sure you're not undercover police or something? <laughs> you I and, like, it just, it, it felt strange. But like I said, over a period of time, the trust and the love built and... Yeah.
0: It's
2: made it a bit easier.
0: Curtis, what, what do you hope this documentary brings?
3: Um, <clears throat> well, I just, obviously, I want people to realise that the people that they generally might drive past or just ignore then we actual we're proper human beings and we're just trying to get through and make a life and do the right thing for our children and our family. So I just want them to just see the the, the realness of what it's like to to have friends, real friends, genuine brothers, you get me? And, you know, friends for life, man, you get me? So that's what I'd
0: like people to get out. I just say as well, Tesco's loss is very much our game. <laughs> <laughs> I'm boycotting Tesco's. No more. Earlier
1: on, I mean, so George was shooting um, before Marcus went into prison. Yeah. He was shooting Marcus and so you see some of the kind of really emotional mm. stuff. Um and as a, as essentially, I mean, I, I suppose it's just to talk about the different stages in the film and the different layers to the film. Yeah. So there's before Marcus in prison, and the idea that things are still very raw. Mm. This is a year later, but things are still raw, and um, and the family is still waiting for answers, really, because the inquest hadn't happened. This. And um, and you, so you see Marcus grieving for his his. Friend. and um, but you also you're on a journey with Marcus as well and I th- you know so there's all of that material but there's the idea of um there's a conversation that with I had with George and we we discuss the idea of showing Marcus and Curtis lives going forward so it's almost answer you know pointing to if Mark Duggan mm. had lived what might have happened, mm. and um, and so you go on a journey with Marcus and Curtis, and and quite importantly, Marcus goes to prison, and then you still we continues. Mm to follow Curtis and Curtis tells the kind of story, the contextual story of unemployment and and struggle and how hard that is. So, you know, the film, as you mentioned, is quite considered, Mm. you know, it it isn't just a kind of media piece, which is um, reflecting, you know, this idea of live by the die by the gunner.
0: Because we've seen that. We've seen that that kind of
1: reporting,
0: you know, in and out, sort of sensationalising. We're familiar with that. But the fact of the matter is, you know, you see this lad, Mark, and you see his pals grieving, and you see his mother in bits, and you you know, you relate, you talk about very relatable situations. We've all been skimped. we've all been looking for work, we've all grieved, we've all lost loved ones, and it becomes very human. The whole film is so human. Right. And I think
1: and, and we can identify. So in the end, I mean, clearly this is playing out. At the end, you see a film which is about, on one hand, it's about black masculinity, yeah, and um, and how you know, and, and a kind of sense of how we need to spend time and 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 just um, uncover this idea of the the hoodie character. And, and and perhaps if you spend time and, and speak to them and kind of understand you, you'll see that they're human you know so the, the, so in the end it's a kind of, um, a humanizing story as well.
0: Mm, I agree. I think fundamentally it's just about having a certain level of respect isn't it for yes, everyone you come yes. you come across in an ideal world. I mm. mean do, do you know have authoritative figures watch this? Have the met police watch this?
1: Yes, we've, we've showed it to police. Uh,
0: what have they said? What's the response uh, been?
1: I think generally they like the film um, and they understand it and they see what we're, we were doing with it. Um, I mean, they clearly had questions. Um, I think one question they, was about the statistics at the end of the film. Um, but it was, a, it was a good interaction in terms of talking about the starters, clearly we're not saying, you know, all police or the whole police force. There, there's a, the issues with with each police, but there are certain things we need to look at, and certainly there should, they sh- you know, we should monitor the police and and take issue with those who are corrupt.
0: Mm. Yeah, and I I know you know I was reading a little bit about. About the film and, and what went on after that, and I, I know that there was a figure from the Met, the Met Police who came out and very openly and accepted that institutional racism has been an issue in the past. What, where are you now, guys? I know at the start of the film, it's I hate the police, the pigs, they're our enemy. Are you still, are you still in I mean, that I, mindset, or yeah, have you I shifted mean, in any way?
3: No, they, you know, they still kind of antagonising stuff, you know, might leave you alone, egging you, whatever, you know. Yeah, I, my views have not changed towards them, I'm still the same, you know. Obviously there's must be one or two that are o- okay, but the majority of them, no. So,
0: so I mean, what, what, do, what needs to happen? I know that's the million dollar question, but in an ideal world, what needs to happen for this to not keep happening?
2: Relationship needs to build between the police and the community. Mm-hmm. They need to change the way they they operate or the way they deal with people in the community. And I think it works hand in hand. The, the people in the community need to take responsibility for their actions and, and, and what they, they do within the community. And the police need to obviously do the same and just kind of meet somewhere in the middle. Mm. I mean, there was an opportunity for me to sit down with, with some, officer, some officers from Trident and at the time, I wasn't really feeling it. But um, I had a conversation with, with one of my uncles the other day, and obviously, because I'm trying to, I'm trying to, obviously, do stuff within youth work and stuff like that. It kind of came to me that it actually may be a good idea to sit down with them and obviously try and do something. Because what they wanted to do was basically do a program with me and Curtis, and then they would use that in police training. Mm. So I think, it's, I think those, those little things are the sort of things that kind of build bridges.
0: Grassroots level. Mm. I, I get the impression, I mean, I, I don't know you, but I get the impression that you are very rational and reasonable now and very calm. Mm. So I think moving forward in that direction surely could only be a, a, a positive? Yeah, of course. Yeah.
2: And it makes sense. Like before. When the opportunity was offered, was presented to me, because I, because I still had okay. certain ill feelings towards the police, I just was like, nah, I don't trust them, I don't want to sit down with them, have no sort of conversation. But now, nah, it actually makes sense to do so. I'm obviously try and chase that back up and see if we can obviously get that done. Yeah.
0: Um, what are your thoughts now towards the individual, towards the 53? Where, where are you there?
2: I don't, we don't know him. How do you
0: feel t- towards that individual now at this moment? Have is time a healer? Have Have you been able to move on in any way?
2: I mean, he's he's not someone that I think about. No. Like he's he's quite irrelevant, really. Obviously, he was the the person that killed Mark. But well, I mean, he's anonymous. He's, he he hides behind V fifty three, so we don't even know who the person is. You get what I'm saying, but.
0: And I know I mean there was sorry
1: go I was just going to say, I don't think you know the police they're civil servants, aren't they? So I think there's that sense of um in terms of accountability, there is the police force, but then there's also the state, and I think we should be mindful of not just um the state should answer us.
0: Yeah, it's very easy to demonise I mean,
1: Yeah, we just need to be mindful of not demonising one individual because the problem is not just with one individual, it's with the system and the policing system and um, and the procedure, for example. So, you know, the hard stop procedure. Well,
0: it comes from a higher it's place, con- doesn't exactly. it? Exactly, no, it's I controversial in
1: it. itself. And so, so one could start with the procedure
2: well, obviously they've got training, and I'm, I don't believe like they actually stick, because obviously police are, are trained to disarm people in situations. Again, so if you come up come up upon a person that's got a gun, you know where to shoot to disarm that person. You get what I'm saying? So to straight just kill them, like it doesn't make sense to me. Do you understand? So.
0: I think everybody agrees that we need change. We, we perhaps need radical change, but it's just about how that how that comes about. And I think, you know, awareness is crucial. It's key. And I think this film does that very well. It's it's very accessible. It, it doesn't feel too foreign. It doesn't feel too highbrow. It doesn't feel like we can't relate to, mm. to the contributors within the film. Mm. Um, so I th- I mean to. to to show this at school surely would, would be um, yeah,
2: so, yeah, those a brilliant, are the things brilliant idea. That I'd, I'd eventually do. Yeah.
0: Mm. And I was watching the news a few weeks back and it became apparent that there was an issue um, in East London. For sure. What? What? Was it here we go again in your mind, or was it panic, was it fear, was it heartache? What, what was your overriding emotion? Yeah, it was
2: just like, here we go again. It was sad, man, because obviously you're seeing the kid run into the shop. You're seeing the police obviously follow him, then he's wrestled him to the ground. And then one minute he's alive, the next minute he's dead. Obviously the media say that he died like an hour later in the hospital, but he was dead, like on camera there. And I said, it was sad, man. Just so, and obviously you've seen the people. And They're going to try to smear him as
3: well, saying that he was swallowed. He swallowed a, s- a substance, and then right. it come to light that there was no controlled substance. So again, that's mis portrayal. You're trying to, you know, smear him already.
2: You know. Yeah.
0: Why do you think um, they were able to contain that situation in a way that they weren't able to with the riots in twenty eleven?
2: No, with, with, with the rise in 2011, it was um, they wasn't prepared for that, they wasn't prepared for the outcome. Mm. They thought that this guy was going to get shot, it was going to get swept under the carpet and that was it. I understand, but because of the reaction, I suppose they were more prepared. I think the community, like they, they, they started to get desensitised to these sort of things, so the reaction wasn't so big. I don't know, man. Obviously, there was like a, a mini-riot in East London, but it didn't escalate the way it did. Like mm. it, it happened in 2011, but it's sad, man. It's just... It's
1: just... I think measures have been put in place since, since the UK... Uh, since the riots in 2011. So, the, yeah, you the, see the... social media measures, you know, in mm. making sure that things don't go viral. So, as, as you are saying, it's... It thinks, um,
2: yeah, and they were definitely more prepared, like, even the way they, they operated. So you had, like, a line of about three lines of police that kind of went forward. Then following them, you had the police dogs. And then following them, you had the horses. Mm. Like, it wasn't like that in 2011. understand? Mm. understanding was quite scatty and unorganised. Quite so,
0: chaotic. Mm. I think we all remember where we were mm. when the riots um, unfolded in 2011. Like, I, I was in the Philippines, actually, and I remember putting on the telly mm. And there was like one channel that had English news, and I just remember these these pictures, and you know, at the bottom of the screen, it was Tottenham, London, and I and I remember taking a double look. You know, what I mean, thinking surely they've they've got this wrong. Mm. So we all, it's, it's that moment, it's the point that you think I, I can remember exactly what was going on. Mm. I, I mean, Dion, when when you first saw those images, did you ever think that? Years later, you would be um, so heavily involved in a documentary portraying that. Well, actually,
1: I was, I was in Copenhagen. Are you at, When it started, <coughs> and we, I think it was the photo August, right? And then the following day, got back to London, and as we put our bags down, I went to see what was happening. So, you went straight yeah, there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not to Tottenham, to um, Clapham. 'Cause it's a you know, it had spread by that time. I think it it's over two or three days. So yeah. So, this is so very because it was for me it was the i the idea was like, well, why am I watching this on television? There's something happening outside and I need to know and be there. I suppose it's the kind of
0: So it's a passion project for you yeah. very much so.
1: Absolutely. I mean it's it's you know, I, I do believe that we need to uh, looking, I mean, my my discourse um, is urban studies and so on. And so this, when George told me about this project, it was like, yeah, must get involved. Yeah.
0: And I mean, what do you hope comes of, of the documentary? Well, I think- What do you hope uh, these people take home?
1: I mean, we, we shaped a multi-layered story and it, so it was important for, for you know to tell not just the Mark Duggan story, but the story about black masculinity, and <clears throat> a story that says, uh, you know, this idea of the black male and uh, as being the scariest mm. human being around is is not the case.
0: That basically. white people should be frightened yeah, of yeah, because yeah. God, we don't know what the hell yeah. they're going to do.
1: Yeah. Um, you know, you see Marcus um, crying, and you know, and he's grieving. And, and as you say, you see Curtis, you know, with his family and caring for his family. You know, he. That's it.
0: Yeah. Well, listen. Thank you so much. And honestly, I've I've watched so many documentaries, and I just think this is such a brilliant, brilliant piece of work. And I truly hope that it kind of, um, likes discussion and and awareness and change, you know, real, real change um, and I do wish you the best of luck. What are you doing now? Where are you now?
2: Um, me, um, obviously like I'm trying to work, I'm trying to set up organisation with yeah. youth work. Still trying to do some stuff in TV.
0: Good luck with it. And you Curtis? Yeah,
3: pretty much the same. I mean, um, since then I've got two little girls now. Yeah, so. but you've been busy. Yeah. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so yeah, they're keeping Long me busy. Long
0: distance relationships work after all. <laughs> yeah.
3: So, yeah, so yeah, I've got them keeping me busy at the moment, but apart from that, I'm still working.
0: I'm Princess.
3: Yeah, I've still got Princess, princess bless her. She's still, still around. Yeah, she's still around, doing
0: really well. Good. Curtis and I, am just such a saddo. I just got a bulldog, Bernie, who I'm mad in love with. I just like to Curtis, do you want to see a picture of Bernie? He's like, <laughs> Yeah 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 I think oh god I've turned into that lunatic that's got no children but just shows pictures of her dog. Um, thank you so much. Best of luck with everything, thank true you gents you. and Dion, thank you so yeah. so much. I really yeah, appreciate thanks, your thanks time. No, total, total pleasure. I just wondered actually if anyone had any questions. Yeah, any
1: burning questions.
0: Don't need me hanging, gang. Hey. Well I think there's actually like a mic come in.
4: Hi, Hello. congratulations on the film, it's amazing, it's, it's really incredible actually and um, a real insight to your lives and, and everything that went on and I just wanted to ask how the film's being distributed because I'd love to know how the wider public are going to see this, mm. I think it's such an important film for people to see mm. and I'd love to hear that it's being distributed widely, I hope it is.
1: Well, you can see it on Netflix. That's okay, so it's on Netflix. Yeah.
0: Okay. That's good news. Yes. There's a lady up here. Thank you.
5: Cheers, hello, can you hear me? Yeah. Yes, um, there's so much I could say about this, so but I won't, because it's, it's an awful lot, but it's it's a wonderful documentary. Definitely, both Curtis and Marcus. I think you're excellent role models because you you know what it's like to go into the abyss and then to come out. And I think I think you, the two of you, can really show a lot of young people, a lot of our young people, not to go there. So that's great. I think it's interesting that um, I was also working abroad when this happened. And ironically, I was working in, I'm gonna say an unnamed Caribbean country. It's not the country of my parents' origin because I think their reaction to the Tottenham riots was really bad. A lot of people, they, they weren't used to having black British people there. And a lot of them really fully bought the whole Daily Mail idea about basically black people running amok, scary, awful, mm. violent, all that negative stuff. And it was really disappointing for me as a black British person to be working in a place that was majority black place, that didn't understand what the lives of black people are like. So it's really lovely to see something like this, um, particularly the representation of black masculinity. I think you're absolutely right, that to show that in its, in its fullness, in all of its, all of its wonderfulness, if you like. Just one final thing. You said you've shown it to the police, have you shown it to any other parts, uh, people in any other parts of the criminal justice system? I'm thinking, for example, the judiciary. Um, some lawyers, I think, have benefited from seeing this, particularly people doing inquest work. Mm-hmm. Have they requested to see it? Inquest is an organization. I know you know who they are. Have you, Have any of them asked to see it or have you wanted to show them? We
1: have in short, we have and we've done, so we've done a series of justice and legal screenings and so lawyers who, as you say, work on inquest cases, inquest was very much involved in this, um, in the making, in the sense that they gave advice. Um, And so we've had probably around five justice and legal screenings. And this was leading up to the appeal because you may or may not know that um, the family lost the last appeal. And so um, it was important for us to kind of continue showing it to the judiciary on the basis of, I guess, just bringing about awareness of, um, of young men and the, and the likes of Mark Duggan mm. in a kind of very rounded fashion. And, and, and I think the film does that. So that, that's, that's exactly why we showed it to, I guess, uh, not just defense lawyers or barristers, but you know, those who work in, um, as prosecutors. Um, so we, yeah, we did that.
4: Hi, um, my name is uh, Melanie. And I um, um, am here, uh, I suppose, as a representative of uh, the Grenfell Tower, uh, well, North Kensington community, um, the wider community, uh, who have and are helping um, with people from the tower and surrounding areas. Um, I'm sure that everybody has uh, Seen all sorts of reports uh, about issues with um, with government, with council, etc. And I'd like to say that, uh, unfortunately, not only is it true, uh, a lot of it is a lot worse uh, than uh, has been reported. Um, Very unfortunately. Uh, oh, Sorry, I should say, uh, my daughter goes to school in the area. I've lived in and around the area for many years. So I've seen a lot happen uh, with uh, investment in some parts of the areas, but other parts have been desperately left behind. Um, and I'm particularly concerned about uh, young men and women who at the moment are very angry uh, and not knowing where to uh, put that anger. Mm. Um, so we're dealing with a community uh, that have obviously experienced an awful atrocity. Um, and then there's the wider community, their families, their cousins, and it, it it goes on. It just seems to go on and on and on. I'm sure that you've experienced this. Uh, and I suppose what I wanted to say mostly is is that unfortunately I can see so many correlations in society, the way people are treated, the way we all perceive one another and how what you see on the outside is, is, isn't telling the same story as what's behind the mask.
5: Well, I mean- and how do
4: we go forward with it? That's it.
1: Well, I mean, you're absolutely right to kind of flag the connection between um, kind of Grenfell and Broadwater Farm Estates. You know, there is, I mean, there's direct and indirect connection. Um, not least, uh, as we speak, there's there's gentrification going on in Tottenham. And, um, you know, and I'm sure the proposal put forward to, to get rid of Broadwater Farm estate, Estates. There is the you know there's that but you know I mean and the uh, but the broader issue is to do with this thing is not just race it's race and class and and mm. and and and, um, and how state is treating uh, people who are at this you know the kind of
0: in social housing
1: the periphery and margins of society and um, and yeah it's, it's kind of like Grenfell Tower embodied. Everything that's been going on, in a sense, the the 2011 riots was a kind of warning of what happened in Grenfell. What happened, you know? So it's kind of Mark Duggan deaths and so on. But everything that everyone was, uh, protesting and the insurrection, so to speak, that happened there was really about all these different mm. things, mm. and um, and so now we've seen, yeah. Yeah. It's, and it's huge, and the more we're looking at it, it's getting bigger and bigger, yeah. and, bigger and it has implications
0: not just in Tottenham, not just in
1: North Kent, nationally nationally. National. What's the body count at the moment? What is the body count?
0: The
1: official 87. Right. It's more. No, that's way more. Of course, it's more
3: than that, Uh, man. Can can I
0: just ask very quickly how you boys felt when it became apparent what had gone on in in Grenfell Tower? I was was,
2: shocked. I was shocked. I couldn't believe it. Even now, obviously, my friends down here from Manchester, and we visit the site a couple of times. But it's like when you go there, it's like you're in awe. Mm -hmm. to actually believe, I mean, to actually understand that people died in that, mm-hmm. in the flats and you're looking at the foot... Live as well, you can see it live. looking at the tower it. and it's just something I've never witnessed in, in my life. Anytime, anytime you're driving past that and you, you see this black tower just standing mm-hmm. there at night time during the day, it's just like, you just look at it with amazement, like...
0: Does it, does it does it re-spark those feelings that you spoke about of anger? Because you're you're so honest. You say, you know, sometimes Mm. I feel like I'm switched on, I'm okay, I've got this and then there are other times where I feel like I'm being pulled back because Mm. I'm so tired of suffering and I'm so tired of seeing people like myself suffer.
2: Mm. Yeah. And I mean, it's just sad because you get angry but it's like the higher powers don't recognise them and they don't really Mm -hmm. care. So it's like Society is locked in this this prison, mm. and you can vent your anger, you can protest, but it ain't gonna make a difference. You're still gonna be locked in there, and the surrounding to that cage, you understand, is still gonna get on with their life. Meaning the rich mm. and the powerful, you understand that? Like it just it's like, what do you do?
0: I feel like things are so heightened, especially now, and, and I often think I don't know if it's because I'm a bit more aware that I feel even more infuriated by how. And just in how um, some lives are prioritised over others, mm. um, but it feels at the minute like we're in a we're in a very um, like defining a period of time. You know what I mean? Like so many people don't seem to matter in the same way yeah. that others do.
2: Yeah, and that's what's sad as well because it just seems like the government are willing to sacrifice people at the expense of their gain. You know and they don't really care how we feel or it's, it's just it's sad.
1: It's, I mean you know it's 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 good that we're having protests mm. so there you know it's just to resist that because um, of course you want peaceful protest yeah. but um, so it's good that there's that movement move, movement and because um, compared
0: to our european yeah, neighbors yeah. we don't protest anywhere near enough yeah. mm. broadly speaking
1: but, but it is it is important to continue to protest to uh, every time there is another death mm-hmm. I mean clearly with Grenfell, we, you know we've seen not a protest in, in well protest in the media actually and everyone sort of came together and in fact the media I have to say, I have to actually congratulate um, the mainstream media for allowing individuals to speak their mm-hmm. mind I mean I think that was the first time that happened on national mm-hmm. news where they actually gave the mic to various individual and allow them to really mm-hmm. get their feelings so that actually that's changed we should talk about that Stacey <laughs> you know, um, so, so we have time for one more question is that okay
4: yeah. yes
0: one more question hey I, I think oh, it's just yeah. down here Hello. just got, oh have we got time for two
6: you better have time for ten. Let's give us a second. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> May I just uh, congratulate you guys uh, for bringing forth such a um, serious depiction of how, and a hint of how people feel in, in inner cities. Um, First, Dion and, and George and Curtis, and Marcus, for putting together such a, a beautiful thing um, that people can relate to, and it might help some of those youths on the street who, who are stuck in this situation where they feel the system is against them, which is evident. When you've got police shooting to kill people and you have police officers also strangling black youths in in shops, how could we feel safe in the streets of England when this is going on in front of our very eyes and they're not learning anything from what happened with Mark Duggan's situation and they're still killing children on the streets? Um, But this may be a ray of light to a lot of people who are in your situation. I've been there myself. I'm 47. I'm fortunate to have grey hairs and be still here, being able to speak. Uh, because a lot of brothers didn't make it along the way, just like our brother, um, you know, Mark Duggan and uh, Rashi the other day. We are in a situation where we are in a state of emergency, and the system needs to understand that they can't keep killing our babies and expecting us to sit down and watch television, give us lies and feed us lies. Um, I seen a um, news report. Sorry, I'm, I, this might be a bit too much for you guys. But I seen a news report um, whilst the Grenfell was the Grandfield was on fire, and the one was talking about. I mean, when the building was absolutely engulfed with flames, the reporter was talking about, oh, two people are being treated for smoke inhalation, and we'll give you the update on casualties as they come forward. Uh, this is a typical, um, a typical example of media and how they help to, to put us down, to keep us feeling depressed and feeling that the truth will never come out, and no matter how much we protest and how much we make demonstrations against what's happening, uh, it doesn't seem to change anything. We, but, so I'm so glad this might help some of the youngsters in the situation, but it's going to be a long struggle for us. It's, gonna be, it's, always, it's been a long struggle. We come from the 60s fighting racists, and now the police are killing our kids, you know what I mean? It's a serious situation, but as I said, um, I just want to say and congratulate you guys because you are a ray of lamps. You are a ray of lamps. A light. <laughs> Let me say it again. You are two rays from the same lamp of light for many youngsters in the situation of inner city. And until these people understand how it <coughs> feels to be a young black male under such pressure, where we got no hope, we feel like we've got no hope uh, and no chance of justice, um, we still seem like we're, like we're in the days of slavery, right? Like we're going backwards rather than forwards. And uh, the system needs to understand they can't keep killing our babies and expecting us to stand still and do nothing about it. I believe that there was, in, there was getting themselves ready rather than to go and help the people of Grenfell and get on the ground and help those people who were suffering, who came out of that block alive, and was very fortunate to come out of that block alive. I, was, I, I heard that the police was embracing getting ready for a riot because of what happened uh, when Mark Duggan was killed. So their reaction was not to come and get on the ground and help the people of uh, Grenfell and sufferers, the victims, to, to get themselves uh, in some type of order. They was more embracing for a riot, I heard. And I this are, is, this it, yeah. shows you that the system is against us. And it always will be against us and if they're still killing our babies now after all that's happened then there's going to be a long line of struggle but anyway I'm ready for it Until I think, my hair I, think goes it's all worth,
0: I think it is worth remembering that there are decent hard-working individuals within the emergency yeah, services who are desperate to try and you know they're there because they they feel the same yeah. Don't get me wrong, yeah, definitely and they want change and they risk
6: their lives even though that, when they got to that situation. Was well out of their control, mm. you know. But, uh, the system needs to look at things like they didn't even have a ladder mm. to, to tackle the, the height of the. Floor. Yeah, there's no,
0: there's no question yeah. that that there needs to be I mean, changed. But I think you know it's easy to demonise the police. You're absolutely correct, and there are people um, that shouldn't be in positions of authority. But there are also people who are decent, hard-working individuals who are desperate for change because they're fed up of what you're sick of. It's it's, it's tricky. It's difficult. It's
6: terrible. Just put on it in two
1: thousand.
6: I've yeah. so. heard to the fire regulation
1: yeah. of the madness. The thing, so thing is, so sad. Gas pipes going so. So.
6: The how would everybody escape? One uh, escape with one stairway. A Grenfell's heartbreak, yeah. Grenfell's so.
0: a separate heartbreaking situation. Yeah, it's the same thing. People being oppressed, people's rights being overlooked. Chelsea Council only to save two hundred
6: and sixty five thousand pounds. They got millions in reserve after they spent all the money for the season. What's that all about?
0: Would you like to see a documentary being done about that in the same way that, that yeah. the hard stop was yeah, was, cool. was tackled? Yeah. Like, you
6: know, you know, Is that something so you would I do, Dion? Would you do
0: something about the Grenfell Tower?
1: I'm sure the individuals. You know, the lady. so it's
2: to you, the lady said, like, how can we move forward? Like, people coming out and documenting their stories, yeah, and obviously putting it on on the mainstream. Um, Streaming them and mm-hmm. stuff like that, again. Man, this is the way forward. Like, get the media. Obviously, we've got streaming now, so they can't hide your stories mm-hmm. or they can't put out what they want. We can put out what we want. you yeah. Understand? So, it's just documenting your stories and putting them out there, man. Yeah, oh, you're, you're
1: absolutely
4: right. And from um, uh, my experience, of, uh, with travel in particular, uh, social media is it's a huge game changer. It's the new platform. Yeah. It's massive. yeah. And when we wanted to get information out, there were certain people who would say, look, okay, here you go. Everybody would know. Yeah. Everybody would know. And it's, it's all about trust as well. You know, people will walk up and speak to somebody in, a, in the street who they've seen again and again mm-hmm. and again.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: And they won't go outside of that. And they will only believe now what has been told to them by certain people. Mm. It's, it's really yeah. And it's difficult for all of us involved, especially when we're possibly not, you know, we may be outside the normal comfort zone of people that we're either trying to help or talking to. But the, uh, social media it has been amazing for that. I'm not sure how that can be harnessed to go forward. The other thing, as I said, uh, uh, public inquiry working out how to get things changed for the better for um, and with kids getting getting the kids ready to speak up for their rights and how I I you know how do how do we do that? How do we get a situation, a social situation, where these where children are feeling empowered and not only equal but respected so that they can then go forward and do jobs that need to be done.
2: All, the, all over the country. Yeah, I, I, I think it's people it's like society is, 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 is the solution. the community is, 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 is the solution. People like yourself need to, need to um, develop programs where we can go into the schools and empower the children ourselves make them aware of, of what's going on. Like I said I want like the lady mentioned before I want to go into the schools and show them this film. Mm-hmm. Just set up programs and go into the school and get the, and reach the kids from young. So as they're coming up, you understand, and getting to the colleges and where they're where in they're in that learning environment and just obviously teach them and Yeah, absolutely. And the gentleman of there's absolutely the writer, I think in
4: saying that it's you know, it, it's going to take one generation. Generations, one generations.
6: One generation. You know? How long longer come down on the line from the sixties the human rights struggle, we're still getting treated like slaves today. Killing strangling children in, in a shop in front of like CCTV, CCTV camera. If, you know they're still trying to cover cool it up talking about the man dying in hospital like, he was dead on the floor we've seen it later what happens where's the suspension where's the uh, criminal charge against the officer you think i can strangle a man on the street in broad daylight like the man said the other day if i got a hold of a dog and started strangling it in the middle of the street people would say you can't do that to a dog you can't they probably kick me off or uh, they'll punch me up there to start probably beating me so you can't do that to a dog piece police can struggle, a black infant in a, in a, in a parlour shop, and people will carry
0: shopping. Well, what, what, what makes for an amazing documentary mm. is it should move you and it should inspire you and, and it should make you want to fight for change. And that's exactly mm. what the Hard Stop does. And mm. so, Dion, thank you again. Um, it's been such a privilege Thanks having so a happy. chat with you. And, boys, best of luck with everything. I truly thank mean it. Um, and send our love to Mark <laughs> thank you.